You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers, no judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 341. And today I am talking about frugality and changing the definition of value. I've talked before about frugality and clutter. It's one of those things I don't like to think much about because it's kind of an identity issue for me. I like being super cheap, but It has greatly contributed to my clutter over the year, and I've had to change my thoughts on the value of things as I have changed my home. Like that has been a mindset change that has actually, it's happened gradually, but it's also been necessary for me to truly change how my home functions and to have a home that is able to be kept under control. Okay. So real quick, though, I wanted to remind you that um, Get Organized HQ is coming up in September, but you can go ahead and sign up now for the free pass. I have a, uh, my session is about uh, besting through your best excuses. And when I say best excuses, I mean the excuses that I once thought were not excuses because they were so good like so good. Anyway, uh, but that's what my session is on. You can watch my session for free for the first 24 hours after it goes live. And you can sign up for that free pass to be able to know when that's coming and get the schedule and do all that at um, my site. So go to aslobcomesclean.com slash HQ and uh, use my link there to go sign up for that. Okay. Also take your house back is open right now. That's the course that I do with Cass from Clutterbug and Dawn from Minimal Mom. uh, And I'm just telling you, it's amazing. It's truly amazing what people have done in their home. So if you want to get in on that um, at the sale price right now, you can go to takeyourhouseback.com. All right. So let's talk about frugality. Well, what made me think about this? I did something recently that I had never done before. And it is something that if you would have asked me probably even five years ago, I'd have been like, "Uh that's crazy. I would never do that. And that is I paid a lot of money for a purse. I'm not a purse person. So that's part of my reason why I'm like, I would never pay that much because I'm not a purse person. Um, But I did. I paid a lot of money. So anyway, this is not about how you need to go buy an expensive purse. But I bought this purse and I was like, how have I come to a point where I would pay this much for a purse? And it made me think about this issue of frugality 
and clutter. Okay. So bear with me while I talk about an expensive purse as someone who, if I heard other people talking about an expensive purse would have been like, well, this doesn't apply to me because I'm never going to buy an expensive purse. Well, here I am. I've bought an expensive purse anyway. Um, but here, here's the thing. These are the reasons why I was at a point where I was ready and willing and very purposeful about paying this money. Okay. I was at this point because I have decluttered a many, many purses over the years that I never used, that I spent money on, even though it was not a ton of money, but I've decluttered many that I never, ever used. Okay. That feeling of frustration changes how I view purses and the money spent on them. I, over the last few years, I've gotten my purse collection as someone who's not a purse person uh, down to just a few. And I used the same one for years, like years. I mean, I kind of started thinking about, I was like, I think I used that same purse for like five years, the same purse, not even just occasionally and use, no, I'm like five years of the same purse. I had been searching for this exact purse for years. All right. So I'm saying purse, but it's much more of a travel bag. It fits my computer and stuff. Like I had been looking after having traveled pre 2020, having traveled and been like this aspect of what I have to carry my computer in, blah, blah, blah. It drives me crazy. All of that had made me start Googling and searching and saying, I want a purse that has this, 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 and this feature. And I could never find one that had all of those features, right? This was not a spur of the moment decision, meaning I had been searching and looking for a purse like this for years. So the opportunity arrived for me to design a purse myself. A friend of mine who I I say this to her, so it's not offensive. She is significantly more bougie than me. Okay. She really likes super nice stuff. She really likes purses. She buys a purse every year, which she can do because her house is always under control and she's fine. You know, like she specifically asks for, you know, or uses, I don't know if she asks for it, but uses birthday money that come in from like her dad and her husband or whatever. Like she, like her goal is to buy a new purse every year. And she has found this person who she actually gets to design her purses with. Like this person makes the purses. And so she decide, thinks all year about what she wants or whatever. So anyway, this friend of mine, it was actually scheduled, I think, for March 16th or something like that of 2020. She had, and I knew that she spent a lot more money on purses than I had ever spent in my entire life on all my purses combined. She had scheduled a party with this person who she'd been using for years. And she was like, you know, I'm going to invite my friends over and come and see what she does and, you know, all this. So that was scheduled for March of 2020. Well, I had said I was going to go because I was like, I think I might kind of be at this point. I don't know. Maybe I know if I'm really ready to spend that money or whatever. But I was going to go to that. Well, obviously, that got canceled. That was one of the first things that got canceled back in those days. And here we are over two years later. And she was ready to do this purse party again. Well, at this point, I had been two years into thinking that I was ready to have a purse designed, 
had continued to look for this exact what I needed it to be and hadn't been able to find it and had thought, oh, one of these days I need to contact that person and ask her, you know, how much it would be for this. So, so I was very much mentally ready. I'm saying that as the person who is so frugal that it's very hard for me to make these big purchases. Okay. So I'm just saying this was not a spur, spur of the moment decision. Okay. All right. I didn't just get online and go, I'm going to get a really expensive purse. When I say expensive, I'm not going to say how much it is because it's embarrassing. But I will say like my daughter gasped loudly, like I cannot believe my mother, who I know spent this on a purse. But anyway, now, as I say this, I, I, I need to talk about something. And that is, I couldn't have spent this money on a purse when I started my dislocation process. So I want to acknowledge that. Okay. I am not saying, oh, just spend more money. Like, like I, I get it. I was at a point when I started my dislocation process that I could not have afforded to spend more money on a purse. And so because of that, I kind of hesitate a little bit to even talk about this because I'm like, well, but I couldn't have spent this much money on a purse. And yet going through decluttering my house, I have realized that my frugality in that time where I couldn't afford to spend more, maybe I could have, but let's just say that I legitimately could not have afforded to spend more than I was spending. That frugality, that mindset of, oh, I have to get things for super duper cheap and super duper cheap things have value because they're super duper cheap. That mindset at that time, my house was so cluttered that I couldn't do what I needed to do. I couldn't function the way that I needed to function in my house because I had so much stuff. So even though I had less money, I had way more stuff and the way more stuff was making it harder for me to live my life. So I feel like it's really important to talk about this frugality issue, not saying that the answer is to have more money. What I'm saying is even in the time before I was able to afford to have this purse designed for me or created or me design it, I don't know, whatever the word is, you know, yes, I'm in a place now where it's possible to spend more money. And yet even back, I look back and at the time when I couldn't spend more money was the time when I had more stuff in my house. And so this mindset shift is really important to discuss, but I don't want to say this from, because I do think there are sometimes people who talk about this kind of stuff who are like, you just need to spend more money and get a nicer purse so that it lasts. I'm not going to say that because I know that that's not helpful to the person who doesn't have the money to spend. Okay. So, so I just want to say my answer is not, oh, just spend more money. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying we have to acknowledge this frugality, intense frugality mindset that so many of us who struggle with clutter have is something that has to be addressed. Okay. And I started thinking about it because of the purse. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 
I am so excited to be working outdoors in my garden again. Fresh air and sunshine really do affect my mood. I'd rather spend more time outside and less time inside making dinner. That's why I love using Prep Dish. It helps me get our meals planned and prepped for the week. I receive a weekly meal plan in my inbox every Friday that fits my family's eating style. There are four to choose from. Each comes complete with recipes, a grocery list, and a detailed plan that walks me through a short prep session and sets me up for success for the coming week. Prep Dish's step-by-step meal prep plan only takes about an hour of prep each week, which I can work into my routine pretty easily. I can then get healthy homemade meals onto the table incredibly quickly throughout the week because the prep work is already done. If you're ready to free up some brain space, I've got great news for you. I got you two weeks free so you can try out the prep dish meal plans for yourself and see if they're a good fit for your family. Just go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for a two week free trial. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. You won't regret it. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. For those who've been listening for a while, you may have heard me talk about how time is a container. It's a finite thing. And if I try to squeeze too much into the time that I have available, I get stressed and anxious. Therapy can be a place to talk through realistic priorities and goals, helping you deal with stress and anxiety when your days feel overwhelming. It's been great for me to talk through setting boundaries and improving coping skills with a therapist. BetterHelp is entirely online. That makes scheduling convenient and flexible. To get started, you just have to fill out a brief questionnaire that will match you with a licensed therapist. If needed, you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash clean. Here's the thing, because of my frugality mindset, because that is something that I truly believe I was born with, okay, I'm sure there were some um, external factors, but like I, I can't remember a time where I had to learn to be frugal, okay? With that frugality mindset of, oh, I can't spend more money. And that being my number one factor in what I was bringing into my home was I don't want to spend too much. Okay. On one thing, I think I ended up spending more than I realized I was spending because I was buying a lot of very cheap things. But anyway, but when I had that mindset, if something came across my path and was cheap, whether it was cheaply made or whether it was something nice, but in a situation like a garage sale or a thrift store where it was cheap, the things that would come out of my mouth, the things that would go through my brain were, well, it's close enough because it's cheap. It may not be exactly what I need or want right now, but it's close enough or well, it isn't perfect, but it's so cheap. I can't pass it up. Or I don't really need it, but it's so cheap, I can't pass it up. I might as well. What can it hurt? And so the fact that it was cheap, the fact that it was didn't cost very much, made it feel like an opportunity. And I am one who really hates to miss an opportunity. 
I mean, that's one of my driving forces in my life is I don't want to miss opportunities. So, you know, a purse at a garage sale is an opportunity. And generally going into an opportunity, you don't really know exactly how it's all going to work out, but you're like, I'm going to jump on this opportunity. So that was one of the things is when I was, when my primary driving thing was price and frugality, I ended up bringing a lot of stuff in because those were the phrases that would go through my head when the price was the number one thing motivating me in obtaining something was the price. Okay. Most of those reasons, the cheap price is the reason why I need to buy it immediately. Okay. It's, it's here. A garage sale is not a store, meaning it's only open for today, this weekend. There's only one of this item. If I don't get it now, someone else might get it. And then I won't be able to come back and get it. So it's that scarcity mindset of I better jump on this right now immediately, which means I don't have time necessarily to think through, do I have a place for this? What is what am I going to one in one out when I get it home, which I didn't even understand all of that anyway. But I think part of the reason I didn't understand all that anyway, was because I was fixated on how cheap something was for me to get it. Okay. Immediate grabbing is the most important thing. When price is the number one factor, there's no time to think or analyze. The truth is, if something is more expensive, meaning it's in a regular store or opportunity to buy something like it's going to be there when I come back. Okay. It's not a, oh, wow, somebody made a mistake when they were doing clearance or, oh, wow, somebody found this one in the back when they'd already sold the other 17. This is the last one. Those are the reasons why things, even in a store, are super cheap, right? It's because they're trying to get it out of there. It's not going to come back. And if it comes back, it's not going to be that price. So telling myself, you know what, Dana? frugality was making me have way too much stuff in my house. This obsession with frugality was making me have too much stuff because it meant that I had to grab it in the chance, you know, in the opportunity saying, okay, then that means I may need to spend a little bit more money because I am going to give myself a little more time. I'm going to buy something in a traditional setting in an actual normal store, as opposed to a thrift store or a garage sale, I'm going to buy things from there, even though I know technically I'll probably one day run across something that's, you know, a 20th of this price at a garage sale, but say, I'm going to instead save up the money for this item and be able to take the time to save up for it and know that it's going to be in the store because it's not on clearance, because it's something that, oh, okay, this store always sells this type of shoes. They always have this kind of shoes. They may not always be on sale. They are definitely not always going to be on clearance, but they always have this type of shoes. So I'm going to take longer to make sure that I really need it. And it's not just an impulse buy. I'm going to take longer to make sure that I I know where it's going to go in my house, to make sure I know that I'm going to be willing to get rid of something else. Okay. And taking that time, saving up, yes, I'm spending more money, but my house is actually better off. Okay. If I'm spending more, I generally have to think about it for longer 
because I'm frugal, right? So that's where it's good. I'm not just spending a bunch of money and bringing a bunch of stuff into my house at full price. If I'm going to spend money on something, I have to think about it for longer. Well, that's good, right? Because so many times when I think about it longer, I go, wait a minute, I don't actually need that. You know, or I think about it longer and I go home and I'm still thinking about it and I go, oh my word, I already have that. You know, I mean, like it just changes things for me. It's good for me to have to have wait a minute moments and letting cost and price be the thing that makes me wait a minute. So the way things used to go was that it was only while I was decluttering something or a space that I would have these, wait a minute, why do I have these things? Why do I have this item in my house? Ugh, why did I ever buy this? That's when I used to experience these wait a minute moments. Okay. At that point, there's a lot of hassle involved in getting rid of something. I have to figure out, am I going to donate it? Is it some, you know, used to be, was it worth selling? Cause I was also obsessed with, you know, frugality and then getting money out of stuff when I sold it. But I would have that mindset and have that experience. Well, the more I experienced that as I decluttered things, the more that would go through my mind as I was in a place looking at something. So I would see something and I would have a, wait a minute, is this something I'm just going to have to declutter later? Because man, it was a hassle when I decluttered all these other things that are similar to this item, right? So the more that I go through that of these wait a minute moments, the more I see the actual point in waiting until I find what I actually need, even if that means paying more or paying it all, right? As opposed to just somebody saying, hey, do you want this? And I'm like, well, it's free. So yeah, that's how I used to think of things. Well, the more I've had to get rid of that stuff and go through the hassle and the honestly, the pain, emotional pain, sometimes physical frustration of getting it out of the house, the more I've experienced that, the more I'm like, um, I can see that that could be something I might have to get rid of eventually. And that was a huge pain when I got rid of something like it. So I think I'm, let me hold on. It just helps me wait. Well, so many times when I wait, I end up deciding, you know what? I don't actually need that. And something costing money is a reason to wait. Okay. Um, So let's talk about a little bit of math here. I am not a math person, but this is kind of how I think this through. Okay. Because also when we go into the, you know, like I talked about before, I acknowledge money is a legitimate issue for so many people. Okay. Like I am not here to go, just spend more money. I'm I'm not. Okay. But I do think it's important if you are in that situation where you are having this reaction to me being like, maybe you're going to need to spend more money on certain things. You know, if you are, if you're like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't afford that. Let's, let's talk about some math here. Okay. Let's say that in the olden days, okay grabbing purses at garage sales for one or two dollars a piece. All right. Totally realistic, honest that I would have grabbed probably 16 different purses at a dollar or two a piece. That's $32. Okay. What did that $32 get me? Well, it got me into a situation where whatever purse hanging gadget that I had, it couldn't handle all those purses. And so the purses would end up falling off of there onto the floor over and over, which 
either meant that I was picking them up and putting them back over and over or that I was like, Ugh, that's such a hassle. And they were just in a pile on my floor, which would end up in me being in a situation where I couldn't even walk into my closet. Okay. Um, the gadget breaking, the purse hanging gadget breaking. And then after it broke, it couldn't even handle one purse. Right. So then I would have to move 15 purses when I also, if it didn't break, I would have to move 15 purses to get to the certain one that I wanted. And then because I don't want to move 15 purses, I wouldn't even do it. Like I would just keep using the same purse because I'm like, oh, I kind of would like to switch purse, which I know I'm saying purses and I'm not even a purse person, but this is my example. But you know, I need to get to a purse, but I'm like, I don't have time right now to figure out how to untangle all the different straps of all the different purses. And so uh, I'm just not going to, cause I don't want to move all those purses or the purse hanging thingy is in the closet and I can't even shut the door of the closet because a purse keeps getting in the way. Having so many gives me so many options that it means that I'm not actually using those purses. So I don't actually know really how they function. So I'm not sure I have what I need. And so then that contributes to me grabbing more purses for a dollar or two a piece. Cause I'm like, well, maybe this is the one that will be magical and solve all my purse problems. And then I have more, which then just makes all of those other problems worse. Okay. So I'm talking about like you know, spending $32 and having a huge hassle because it is not realistic to say for me, it was not realistic for me when I was buying purses, even for 50 cents that I stopped at one purse. If somebody was selling purses, at a garage sale for 50 cents or $2, they were generally selling four or five. Well, I'm like, oh, this is a really good price. And these are cute purses. So I'm going to buy them all, you know, because I can do that, right? So I feel like I'm saving money. But in reality, I was making it harder to even use purses, much less it was harder to live in my house. Now, one purse at $100, which is a lot of money, Okay, which I there was once upon a time I would have been like, I would never in a million years spend $100 on a purse. People who spend $100 on a purse are insane. Like that was literally what would cross my mind. Okay. But if I'm gonna spend $100 on a purse, I'm gonna make sure it is really worth a lot of money. Like it sure better have exactly what I need, which makes me really think and analyze what do I actually need in a purse? Is this made out of something that's actually gonna last and not break? Obviously, you some people buy lots of $100 purses. But as someone who frugality is one of my core struggles, issues, blessings, wonderful qualities, um, telling myself I am going to spend money on a purse, it really, really makes me think it through. But changing this mentality means I'm looking for great instead of good enough, which helps me identify a great deal on a purse. So once I started changing my mentality on this and saying, you know what, I think expensive purses are actually worth it for me. When I did change my mentality on purses in that way, then I noticed and went, oh, that's a great deal when I saw a $20, $100 purse. It was actually, it's kind of funny because it's a friend of mine. I don't think you listen to the podcast, do you? But anyway, my son laughs because it's one of his friend's mom's. I carried for the last however many years I said earlier, I don't know, four or five years, something like that, a purse that was a $100 purse that I had bought when my friend was selling it on Facebook for like $20, okay? 
But it used to be that I would think $20 was ridiculous for a purse because I could find purses for 50 cents to $2 at garage sales. But when I started to realize, wait a minute, I think I would rather spend more money on something that I know for sure is exactly what I need, exactly what I want. When I changed my mindset to shift to that, then $20 seemed like a great deal where before $20 seemed like too much. Does that make sense? So because I had shifted my mindset, it's not that I went out and bought the $100 purse, but when came one came across my path for more than I would have ever paid before, because I knew I could get all kinds of purses for $2 a piece, I realized it was actually a great deal. And then I carried that purse for years, like years. So it changes the mentality but you change that mentality by decluttering. When I'm only looking for cheap, I miss out on what was actually the best deal I've ever had because I had a great purse, which meant I wasn't noticing any kind of, you know, really cool purses that came across my path in a thrift store or a garage sale. I also don't go to thrift stores and garage sales near as much anymore. But anyway, so that, that mindset shift is really, really important as you're working to change your home and change how you see stuff, okay, is to acknowledge that this frugality thing can be a legitimate challenge for a lot of us. So here's a question that I received recently uh, that um, I think is is a good, this is a good time to talk about that, okay? So uh, in this situation, the person had had said some things, very nice things, thank you, and then had said, my question is for my dad. His favorite thing to say is I would get rid of stuff if I felt like I could just go buy another when I needed one. But since I am poor, I am afraid to let it go in case I need it. Any advice on how he can think of it differently? A lot of this stuff that he's talking about, he got free to begin with. Okay, totally understand this. I mean, I think this is this was my issue. This is a lot of people's issue that they're loved ones have that, you know, they realize I need to be helping this person, whatever. This is a very, very common clutter struggle, very common mindset that can lead to some real serious clutter issues. All right. I've got two different answers here, but they're kind of the same answer, but you've got to come about them different ways. And I think it's important to acknowledge that it's you asking and not him asking. Okay. He's not asking this question, which means he's saying, I would get rid of it if I could go buy another when I needed one. But because I'm poor, I'm afraid to let go. He's not asking, Hey, how can I get rid of this stuff when I'm worried that I won't be able to get another one because I'm poor? All right. He's just stating a fact. This is why I'm not getting rid of it. So it means he's not actually answering, he's not actually asking this question, you're asking the question. So it's not just, you know, like, you can't ask the question for your dad, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, you can only control and rethink how you're seeing things. And so I'm going to answer as if it was your dad asking me this question, and then I'm going to answer the question for you and how can you help your dad in this situation, okay? So, and I'm saying that because the question was actually any advice on how he can think of it differently? Well, no, 
I, I, I can only give advice to the person who's actually listening to me. Does that make sense? Okay. But I can give you advice on how to help him when this is how he thinks of things. Okay. Even though he hasn't actually asked for you to help him think of it differently, how can you help him? It is possible. So the answer, if it was your dad saying, how can I think of this differently? I would say, don't start with the value question. Like you are viewing things according to their value, according to their potential future value, if you were to ever need it, don't start with the value question. Let's take that out of the equation. Mm, Equation. Let's take that out of the equation and let's just start with trash. Because the problem is so many times, just like any other clutter situation, we tend to fixate on the thing that stresses us out the most. There is most likely could be wrong. Most likely some stuff that he's not attached to that doesn't hold any value to him, but that is in his home and could be dealt with before we ever worry about this stuff that you think, well, I couldn't afford to replace that someday. Okay. So let's go ahead and start with the trash. All right. If he is asking me this question, then what I would tell him is start with trash. Okay. Grab a black trash bag so that you don't second guess yourself later and just literally look for anything that is obvious trash to you. We're not, don't worry right now about anything that you think, oh, but I might need, don't worry about that. Just skip that stuff and say, what in this space, what in my home is trash and I need to get rid of it and go ahead and do that because that'll get you moving. It will also um, help you start to really see what, see what you're dealing with because you are looking at individual items instead of just thinking, oh, my house is a mess, but I've got stuff in there that I can't get rid of because then I wouldn't be able to afford to replace it. Okay. So start with trash, then work on easy stuff. Okay. Just say in this space that I'm working on here in the living room, is there anything here that has a home somewhere else, but for some reason it's in the living room? Go ahead and take that stuff there. You're going to start making this space better by doing that, okay? Get rid of duh donations. Go ahead and let's take a donate box and you know, go ahead and start putting anything in there that you can get rid of that doesn't stress you out for this reason that you might not be able to afford to replace it. Okay. So go ahead and work on those things because that gets you moving. It gets you starting to see your space differently and it starts to improve the space so that you can go, Oh, wow. I like my house better. I see the value of my home itself for which I have paid a mortgage in the past or am currently paying a mortgage or have paid a lot of money or whatever. I am seeing the value of this space because I am seeing an improvement, but I'm not, but I'm able to see that improvement before I ever get to some of this stuff that is really difficult. Okay. So have him work through those steps and then start in on the decluttering questions. Remember that the purpose of a decluttering question, especially that first one, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? Focus on the part of that where it's like, okay, absolutely, you can keep this stuff, but it needs to have a place in your home if your home is going to be under control, right? So I'm asking myself the question, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? And then I'm taking it there now, I'm giving it a home. So I am not starting out by saying, I got to get rid of a bunch of stuff. Instead, I am starting out by saying, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? And then I take it to that space. So I'm, there's something about changing that mindset of, oh, you've got to get rid of stuff to, okay, you, you know, if this stuff is going to be in your home, it needs to have a place to be. Okay. So we're going to take it there now. 
You determine the place to be by asking yourself the first decluttering question. Where would I look for it first? Okay. So you take it there right now. And then as you do that, some things, because you've already been through trash, easy stuff and uh, clutter, some things, because now you're willing to pick it up because you're not saying, if I pick this up, I'm going to have to make a hard decision. You're just saying, I'm going to give it a home by asking myself this easy instinct-based question. Because you picked it up, some things are going to go ahead and reveal itself as, wait a minute, actually, <laughs> this is easy or actually, this is a dead donation. And that's that's going to help. But you're giving things home and at homes. And as you give things homes, then you're going to be faced with a lot of the reality that there isn't space for this. Okay. The second decluttering question, ultimately, you know, if you, if you don't have an answer to where would I look for this first, then you ask the second decluttering question. The second decluttering question is if I needed this item, would it occur to me that I already had one? This truly, even though it feels like, Oh, you're saying I should get rid of it, get rid of it. If I didn't remember I had it, but what if I have to replace it someday? Ultimately, though, that second decluttering question is the ultimate frugality test, right? Because if I am being honest and saying, it would never occur to me that I already had one and I didn't have any place where I would look for it first, okay, there's no place for it in my home, it would never occur to me that I already had one, then I have to be honest and say, if I needed this, I would have either done without and been fine which is free, which free is the best type kind of frugal, right? Or I would have gone out and bought another one, which is, and, and probably if I really needed it and I had to go out and buy it at the moment, I would have bought it at full price. That is the complete opposite of frugal, right? Frugal. Frugal is not a thing. That is the complete opposite of frugal. If I would go out, pay full price for something that was already sitting in my home, but I didn't even remember that I had one, it never occurred to me to go looking for it because I have so much stuff in my house that there's stuff in here I don't even know what it is. And therefore, it's just sitting there making my house have less value because I can't use my house well because there's so much stuff in it. And I'm going out and buying another one, which then adds to the chaos in my home. Like that's the ultimate opposite of frugal, right? And so using that, use that question for yourself, because I'm still talking to your dad here, if he had asked this question, use that question for yourself to say, wait a minute, I say frugality is really important to me. But it's not actually important to me. I'm, I have to be honest with myself and say that that's actually not what I'm doing here. I am not being frugal by having my house be so chaotic that I can't even find anything or know what I have. And then going out and buying more and adding more to it. Okay. But the problem is the more you don't have, or the more you have you know, so much stuff in your house that you don't even know what's there and you're not sure what you have, but you feel like, oh, I can't get rid of anything because I'm going to be not able to re- afford to replace it. That feeling then makes you grab more stuff that's free or super cheap and bring it in, which then makes it worse and is a bad, bad cycle. Okay. And then finally, as you have worked through things slowly as you need it to go, 
using the first decluttering question, giving it a home, or if you don't have an answer to where you would look for it first, having a major frugality reality check with that second decluttering question, then implement the container concept. Say, okay, my home has to be usable for me to be able to get to, find, know what I have, all right? That means that I'm going to consolidate first. That's the first step of the fifth step of the process, okay? First part of the fifth step of implementing the container concept is to put like things together. That means I'm going to, I have gone through, I have taken things to the place where I would look for it first, which means all my books are in this one area. I know here I go to books. Uh, Okay. Let's not do books right now because I know that gets people worked up. All my scissors are in one area and So I'm going to put all my scissors together. Oh, I'm going to put all my kids' scissors together. I'm going to put all my adult scissors together. I'm going to put all my, is utility scissors a thing? I don't know. Utility scissors together. I'm going to put all my sewing, you know, fabric scissors together. And then by doing that, I have a real reality check of realizing, oh, I've got 27 pairs of kids' scissors and two grandkids. Oh, okay. Actually, Just the consolidating part of that so many times will reveal to me, oh, actually, I have more than I need. I have what I need. I have, I will have no reason to go out and buy kids scissors when my grandkids come over because I, I have, I can keep three pairs. Even though I have two grandkids, I can keep three pairs and I can get rid of the other, what did I say? 24 pairs. Because I've brought them all together and that, and then I'll be able to manage my house better. I'll be able to find the three pairs in the place where I look at it first. There's going to be room for it in that space. Okay. You know, so like going through this process is going to help you with these frugality issues, but don't start by saying, I got to get rid of some stuff. I got to get over my frugality issues. Instead, start by getting rid of trash. Start by doing the easy stuff. Start by doing the dead donations. Work through the process and it will help you think through these frugality issues. Okay. And then finally, after just the consolidating reveals that some things can go, then you say, okay, well, the drawer where I would look for scissors first can only hold so many and still be usable, meaning I can get to everything in this space easily. And then that is going to mean, okay, well, then I need to take out my least favorites or the least useful until it only has what will fit in there. And when you start doing that, then it's like, oh, wait a minute. My grandkids are all teenagers now. They don't actually need kid scissors. Like that kind of thing reveals that you're like, I can get rid of all the kid scissors. So I have more room for fabric scissors so that because the kind of stuff I actually do with them would be, you know, teaching them to sew or whatever. And so that, you know, it just reveals some of that stuff by going through the process instead of trying to, before you ever get started, get your mindset right. Going through the process helps the mindset all start to really change and make sense. Okay. What would be the answer if it's you, which it is in this situation, you asking for advice on helping your dad? It would be the same as I just said, but going through those steps instead of lecturing. Okay, so go through the five-step decluttering process instead of saying, okay, dad, I really need to talk to you about this frugality mindset. This frugality mindset is not going, I mean, it's not helping you. I mean, like that's not that doesn't get you anywhere. Okay. Because he's automatically going to be thinking of all the reasons why the frugality mindset that he has makes total sense for him. So instead just say, Hey, I want to help you 
Let's start by throwing away trash. And even though you may be like, oh my word, how is that not trash? You don't say that. There's no judgment, okay? Instead, you say, what in here is obvious trash to you? Oh, okay, yeah, we'll do that. And then he says, well, there's no more trash. And you go, okay, well, let's move to the next step. Anything in here that is easy. Okay, you know, so he can start to see that progress and start to see, oh, wow, I really like my house a lot better now. That was not as painful as I thought it was gonna be. And you keep moving through to the point where, where would you look for this first? Oh, okay, we'll take it there now. Okay, and then, you know, sometimes you might have some, you know, issues on that second decluttering question of if you needed this item, would it ever occur to you that you already had one? If he says, but I can't, I have to keep it. I now know that I have it. Yes, I promise. I promise I would know that I had that. Okay, then he has to have an answer to where would you look for this first? So just go back to that question. Don't be like, well, then you need an answer because I know how sometimes it can be in these you know, relationships, but be like, okay, well then where would you look for it first? And even if you didn't think it was going to be there, where's the first place where you would walk? You know, just, just go through that process and going through the process is going to help with that. Okay. So that you don't have to answer this big, huge, weighty decision. Make sense? So go through the same steps, but go through those steps instead of lecturing. Okay, it'll probably open itself up to some pretty easy, nice little conversations that you can have in the midst of that. Okay. Oh, and one more thing, just because I know some people are going to email. What was the purse that I had done? So it is for traveling and things I wanted specifically that I'd looked for and I hadn't been able to find anything that had all of it. I wanted it to be big enough for my computer. She did a special pocket with padding on it for my computer to slip in there, my laptop. Um, I wanted the main part of it, which it's much more of a travel bag than it is a purse. I know I kept calling it a purse, Uh, but I wanted the main part of it to not have a bunch of slots because that just ends up confusing me. Uh, I'd rather have like actual little, little bags or something that I put in there for things. I wanted it to have a crossbody strap. I wanted it to zip. So many I would see like had a little magnetic, button clasp at the top. And I'm like, y'all, I am way too uncoordinated. I will dump my purse and everything will go everywhere. It has to have a zipper. Uh, The main thing that I really, really wanted was for it to have the thing on the back, like a piece on the back that then lets it attach, like slip over the the long handle when you have a rolling suitcase and you have the handle pulled up, you know, so that you can roll it. I wanted the bag to be able to slip over that and attach to it so that everything like stays together and I can easily use that in an airport. So anyway, that was what I wanted. I know some of y'all are probably asking that she also was really helpful and was like, um, so there's this kind of leather that I was looking at and she's like, but it kind of gets scratched more easily and all this. And she's like, so, you know, you'll need to, and I went, she said, you'll need to be careful. And I was like, yeah, okay. So what's the kind of leather I won't need to be as careful with? That's what I need. And so she's like, oh yeah, this. So anyway, she found me something. It was very, very helpful because it ends up being exactly what I need. So just putting that in there. Cause I'm pretty sure some of y'all would ask otherwise I'll try to do a Instagram story at some point of what it looks like. And I think I'm going to stop there. Uh, Don't forget, Take Your House Back is on sale right now. You can go and um, check that out at takeyourhouseback.com. Highly recommend. It's amazing to see what people are doing in their homes. If you want to watch my session on busting through your best excuses, 
you can do that. Just go to aslobchemsclean.com slash HQ. I'll also have the link in the show notes here and you can get there and sign up for the free pass so that you will be able to watch my session, which is free for the first 24 hours after it goes live, which is someday in September, which I'll tell you later which day it is when I figure that out. But all right, I will talk to y'all later. Okay, bye.